Hello, welcome to Coffee with the Commissioner. This is episode number two, and I'm joined today by Brian and Ashley from the Moses Project in Stockton. Good afternoon, gents. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming along. Um, podcast is aimed at showcasing interesting people to the to the good public of Cleveland. Uh, I've met you before, Brian. You are yeah. a very interesting person, and I'm sure that <laughs> our <laughs> listeners will list that. And I'm sure Ashley is um, equally as interesting. Some say. Some say, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, as always with these things, relax, enjoy it. Yeah. We'll have a cup of coffee. We've had a cup of coffee, great cup yeah. of coffee, and lovely yeah. cake as well, yeah. I might imagine, today. So, Moses Project. Yeah. Why did you call it the Moses Project? Right. Um, the, uh, I was looking, when, when I did the business plan for the Moses Project, I couldn't think of a name, and I wanted a name that fits in with what, what we're doing. And the Moses Project... It's all about helping to change lives, all about helping to take people from a life of slavery to a life of freedom, being slavery to their um, whatever addiction it is. Now, in the Bible, we are, we, um, we, we do have strong faith in God. We are uh, Christians, but that doesn't, we, the Moses Project isn't about reading the Bible of people. It's not about that. It's not far removed from that just about helping people. So in, in, in the Bible, there's a story about where Moses took the people from a life of slavery to a life of freedom, sorry. But along the way, they had to fight many, many battles. They were absolutely physical battles. So our, our lads who changed their lives go from life of slavery to life of freedom, but they fight a lot of battles in, in inside their own head. There's a lot of mental mental issues, mental battles, mm -hmm. particularly over their, their past lives and often go back to the childhood. And that's a great so, analogy, and, yeah. and I know we'll get into the detail more later, yeah. but broadly speaking, in the, the Moses Project, what, what is it you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, we work with males over the age of 25 who've got drink and drug problems or those who are, are, are homeless. Um, so it's all about, as I mentioned, about changing lives. So the lads come in, we have a drop-in four days a week, Tuesday to Friday. Um, there's a hot meal served um, for them at lunchtime. They come in, play pool, play table tennis. And it's somewhere where they can just come in a, in a safe place and um, get away from um, uh, the, the, the awful life that the leads are about there. But more important than all those things there, we have trained people to sit and have a chat with them about their lives, to sit and see how we can help them with their lives. And I've been along and I've yeah. seen it, and, yeah. and it's fantastic, and yeah. you're based just on the outskirts of Stockton Town yeah. Centre. Yeah. Um, this thing. So how long have you been going then? Yeah, the Moses itself has been going for 12 years now. We're in our 12th year. Doing really well, getting stronger and stronger. Uh, and was it always something you wanted to do, or were you, were you dragged not, into it? Not really, yeah. It's funny you should use the word drag, because that was, did what happened. Um, going back in 1998, uh, we were attending a church there, and there's a coffee bus going out on a Thursday night in Stockton. Uh, what's a coffee bus? Oh, sorry, the, the coffee bus was um, a bus that was just an, uh, an old double-decker bus that was uh, converted into uh, a coffee shop, and we were giving free coffee, free soup out to to the homeless people and people on, on drink and drugs and that. And we used to get lots of people coming on that bus. So what happened, Stella came to me one day and said, I put your name down to drive the bus. And Stella's your wife. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, my fault, yeah. So um, Stella came to me and said, I put, 
put my name down to drive the bus. And I said, I'm not driving the bus for those people. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. So we had a few words about it. But Stella but said... Why was that, if you don't mind me asking? Why, yeah. What, what was your view? Um, my history was I was in business. We had shops and we had market stalls. And we had a big cash and carry warehouse as well. And the very people we help now were the, um, the type of people used to come in the shops and rob the shops and rob the market stalls and cause havoc, absolutely havoc. And I didn't <coughs> understand them. It was my fault. I didn't understand the, the, the people. I, was, um, I used to hate them with a passion. But when I went on that bus and I heard stories about their past stories about how they've been brought up in a world of drink and drugs, stories of how they've been abused as a child, stories of how they've seen the mother being beat up by many, many different um, different boyfriends or drug users and that as a child. All these stories you hear from the, the awful, awful childhood that, that they've had. And my heart just changed. My heart just went out, out for them. And I realised then it's about healing them from, from the past, healing them from all that. And what they were doing, they were taking the, the drink, the drugs, whatever, to suppress all the hurt and pains from, from the past. And you deal with the past, and in most cases, not every single case, but you deal with the past, and in most cases you bring out a completely different person. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would absolutely and agree with that. freedom from so, that. Actually, I know we were talking just before. Yeah. That's that's the first time you've heard his coffee bus story, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the first time. I've heard I, and it. as somebody that works with him on a regular basis, <laughs> w would you have believed that that the man you work with today had this view that he, he didn't want to work with people who were who were causing him problems? Never, or? never. You'd never have seen that no. side of it. He never switches off. No matter what he does, he never switches off. Yeah, no, I must admit that that came across when I went to see him, and I sort of <coughs> I, I meet a lot of people in this job, and and sometimes you just you find people and you just think, wow, right? How you do what you do and why you do what you do is, is, mm. is always amazing. Mm. So you, you talked about dealing, dealing with past there, Brian. Yeah. So what about yourself? What about your own past? How, how did you get to, to where you are? I, I grew up in an amazing home. My dad and mum were absolutely fantastic parents. Um, couldn't uh, and was that in Stockton? Are you Stockton? Yeah, um, yeah well, we, I, was, I spent the first 10 years of my life in Norton, then we moved okay. to uh, Middlesbrough, uh, yeah. Lidorp, in, in Middlesbrough, and I spent, and I was there till I was 22 when I uh, left home. And what did, mum and, dad do? what did mum and dad do? Uh, my dad was in business, and my mum mom was a nursing sister. Right. Um, yeah, so... In the, um, in the days of... of Proper nursing yeah, proper sisters. Nursing yeah, sisters. yeah, yeah. yeah you, she, you knew exactly where you stood there. Yeah, didn't you? she actually wore wore the cap and the star taper and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right. Yeah. So, so you had a great, great so family, a great, great, great upbringing. A great family. Um, I, at the age of thirteen, um, it was coming up to uh, to uh, sort of exam time. I wasn't doing very well with uh, sort of English and certain certain things. So my dad and mum paid for a private teacher. So I was going around to the private teacher's house and unfortunately it ended up being a battle because that's where I was sexually abused by uh, by him, right. the, the private teacher. And that, um, I'm pleased to say it didn't last long, quickly was picked up by me, by me mum that something was going on, very, very quickly picked up. And uh, I remember um, I used to hate going, absolutely detest going there, you know. And um, and, me, and my parents soon knew that I, I didn't wish to go. So um, there was one night when I was about ready to go and uh, my mum just w walked out of the kitchen. We had a big kitchen 
in those days, and life all, all, all revolved around the kitchen table in those days, you know. And um, yeah, so my mum left the kitchen and just said, said, said to me, Dad, uh, now, now's the time. And I didn't know what she meant, but my dad said, uh, sit down, son, I want to have a word with you. And he just asked me what was going on with this chap, and it all came out. And at that, my mum must have been behind the kitchen door with the reel flapping, because she burst open the kitchen door. And at the age of 13, she picked me up and she was rocking me like a baby. I'll never forget that, rocking me like a baby. No. Um, anyway, the whole thing was, was stopped then. The abuse was actually stopped. But the pain that I lived with that uh, went on for years and years and years. And behind my dad and my mum's back, they didn't realise I was self-harming. I was blaming myself. I lost all my self-worth. Um, and I, towards the end of my teens, I started drinking. By the time I got in my early 20s, I was drinking quite heavy. By the time I was in my late teens, uh, my drinking was out of uh, control. Full of whiskey a day, cans, wine, what, whatever it was, absolutely. And by the time the early 30s, I ended up in St. Luke's. And um, at a terrible time, I tried to take my own life several times. I thought that was the only way out, you know. And... Um, but it wasn't until all this hurt and pain on the inside of me was dealt with, that was when I was completely healed. And that's when uh, it doesn't hold me anymore. I was a prisoner through that time. For many, many years, I was a prisoner. It held me in, inside of me for years. And that's what it was. And when you get the freedom and, and were from you, that... Were you married throughout that time? Yeah, I was. I was. We were married at the age of... Well, I was married at the age of 22. Stella was 19. And, um, yeah, um, the drinking, I was heavy drinking, but it was, it was just fun. It was just, just a laugh, you know. It wasn't until we had two, two little kids that it started to get out of uh, control. And, yeah, it was an absolute nightmare time for, for, uh, for Stella. The end came was when um, she, she actually left me, and that's when... Um, and that she, was your wake-up call, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, in, in one sense it was. I promised I would change, I'd change, I'd change, and I, I didn't really. But that was almost at the end to me. That was when I actually had that massive breakdown. And I was taken to St. Luke's, and I was um, asleep in St. Luke's for about uh, three, four days. I was just out of it for three, four days. I was in there for quite some time. Right. And I, I came out, and um, it was a year. I remember it well. It was a year before I was like back to normal again, you know. But um, yeah, that that's yeah. such a, a, a so, brave thing to share, right? Thank, so, thank you so well, much. I just know when I talk to the lads about their past, and it's funny what happened to me in those days. Now I can tell there's something wrong, something in the lads that they want to talk about. So I just talk about me. And then they start to open up the breakdown crime, start to open up about the, their selves. And that's that, that shared experience yeah. is, is really powerful. Yeah. And I, I see yeah. that in a lot of the organisations we work with, where yeah. you've got individuals that can yeah. can really share a story, yeah. then then it does really help. And, and I suppose that leads us nicely into you, Ashley, because... You're a man with a story yourself, aren't you? You didn't just yeah, you didn't just land on the doorstep of, <laughs> of, of Brian and Stella, did you? And say, "Can I help?" <laughs> my mum dragged me there. Yeah, yeah, my mum dragged me there. So my mum's worked for for Moses for nearly must be seven years, I think. Roughly, like yeah, quite seven years. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, so my mum worked for them for seven years. So I knew I knew sort of what she'd done there, and I was I was in and out of 
taking drugs and selling drugs. We used to say, like, she was doing good work trying to get people clean from drugs and I was doing the bad work by selling it back to them. You know, so that was that. Was that um, so so you, you were quite openly dealing drugs at that time, were you? Well, I used to do it from the house, yeah. The role models that I seen were the, the drug dealers, the, the, the people that were involved in the life of crime, so that was... They were my role. That, that's who I wanted to be. I wanted the flash cars. I wanted the, the money. I wanted the lifestyle, so I chose that. And how old were you at that time? I started when I left school. No, no, it was when I was still in school, actually. Right. Back in the school, yeah, because I was, I was quite disruptive in school, but I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, um, I'm smart, but I'm not I'm not daft, and I could have I done a lot in school, but I didn't. I chose... I was in with a good set of friends... Friends now that have got well-paid jobs, have got families, houses of their own. I was in with a good set of friends that I should have really stuck with, but I didn't. I chose the guys that were kicking off in the corner that were smoking something a bit funny, which I wanted to be a part of. So I, I went with them, and the back end of school, I ended up getting excluded. And there was talk of... There was there was one older guy that I knocked about, and there was talk of his brother, and we've, I think his brother had been in prison for the last five years or something. He got caught with... Quite, quite, quite a bit of drugs, and was in prison for a while. And there was, there was talk with him, and they built him up to be this, this quite fearful figure. But like, I quite admired him. Never, never met him. Quite admired him. So when he came out, I got to know him quite well, and that's when I started selling um, class A drugs for him for, for very little money. Um, but I didn't see it. That it got me what I needed throughout the day, and that that was that. Um, yeah, so. In a, in a sense, in a sense, I was groomed in it because I was I was still young and these these guys were a lot older than me. Yeah, you were still impressionable. Yeah, they were, they were making a lot lot of money and I I wasn't. I was just I was I was taking all the risk really. And and you touched on there. You said you got addicted as well. So how did how did that come about really? <clears throat> so it started off with um, just just smoking just smoking weed. How you normally do and throughout the years it, it moved on to harder drugs, um, cocaine, and then eventually. Which led me to go to rehab was um, my crack use, which is, it's it was the first drug I started off selling, right. and I seen what it could do to people, and I knew what I was like. So I always, after the, after that stint, I stayed away from it throughout my life. I always always stayed away from it, never never sold it, because I knew, I know what I'm like, and I, I know if I start getting a hold of it, it'll get a grip of me. And it was only towards the end that the, the guy started giving me it, and I wasn't even selling it. I was just I was I was smoking it all myself and money I was making I was putting back into that so yeah that was <coughs> that was what led me to 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 the Moses for for help really yeah for help and and how long had you been addicted would you say I say addicted I was a functional I was a functional yeah. addict um, from the age of 15 16 year old to 28 wow Wow, so so a good dozen years there. Yeah. And were you selling it for all that time as well? Most of that time, yeah. Yeah. So you you'll have been uh you'll have been reasonably well known to, to Cleveland's finest, were you? Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So and you, your mum was your mum was trying to get you to the Moses project, so what, what was the tipping point then? What, so what the, tip, got you there? the tipping point was and there was something found in the house that shouldn't really have been in the house, so um the next day I went back because I got my mum. My mum texted me saying, "This has been found. If if you don't get out of the house, the police are getting run, and they, they can deal with it." So I went the next day, and my mum 
my mum was sat on the sofa, my sister was on the sofa, and they were they were telling me that I need help. Son, you need help. Um, you need to you need to get out of this life. You need to sort yourself out. But me being me, I couldn't see it. You know, I had, I had money in one pocket, drugs in the other pocket. I couldn't I couldn't see that my life was spiraling out of control. So reluctantly, I agreed. And I think the next day I went down to see Brian, and we just we just got chatting. We made the phone call to Patel, um, which is a Christian rehab based all over the country. But well, it's based all over the world, actually. Um, and about a week or so later, ten days later, I was I was a, I was away in rehab. Yeah. So I don't I don't ever want to go back to the person that I was. So I, I, I stay connected. I stay connected. My, my faith's my faith's strong. My faith's the only thing that keeps me keeps me. Um, yeah. And and I see uh, with a, a lot of people I speak to who have maybe been addicted or whatever, they've got to replace that with something, mm. right? Well, so I th- yeah, I think like you know, are we saying dealing with things in your past? Mm. A lot of people take drugs because there's something missing in their life, and that's that was probably probably my case. And by finding faith and finding God, that's that's filled the hole that drink, drugs, crime, mm. all that nonsense used to take up. So. So, obviously, coming back, coming back to the Moses project, then. So yeah. you, you've been away three and a half years, and, and you come back, and I, I understand you sort of help out a bit now. So, yeah. so what is it you do when you when you go back and you help out? I, I talk to the guys. That's 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 the main thing. I mean, one time I went in and, and I jumped on the pot, jumped on the pot wash, and uh, Brian told me off, said I shouldn't be in there doing that. I need to be in there talking to the guys. I need to, I need to show them that there's hope because because most most of them know me. Yeah. Well, majority of them know me and they know know who I was. So I I need to tell them that there's there's more to life than what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you need there's there's hope out there. If you want to change, you can change. No anyone can change. I've seen guys that have been addicted to heroin for thirty years that are now living a fruitful life. You you strike me as a just a, a dead normal down to earth guy. Well, down to earth obviously you're a landscape guy. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. Um do you see yourself as a role model? Do you see him as a role model, Brian? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The, One day, uh, and, and we both have, have actually talked about this, so the day will come when, when we, he, he will be working for the Moses. He'll be fully involved with this and is employed it, by the Moses. You see him as your apprentice? Yeah. Is that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and I, I would guess, and, and forgive me if I'm putting words in your I I think Brian and, and Stella probably seeing a lot more in you than you've seen yourself yeah. right now. Mm. That's true. Yeah. See, I don't yeah. see nothing great about my story or amazing about my story. I, I, I mean, I know, I know there is, and I, and I believe there is, but I think I'm just living a law-abiding life at the moment. I'm living a normal life, and yeah, I don't, I, I don't like doing stuff like this. I don't like, sorry, kicking something there. I don't like doing the videos. I don't like being on YouTube, but I do it. Yeah, yeah. I do it because I know I need to. That's my call, and I need to. I need to bring light to the to this place. But I mean, Brian forces me as well. Like, <laughs> he, yeah. He, yeah. he lured you here with the promise of yeah. cake, can't he? Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. for the person I was and the life that I used to live, to the person I am now, for me not to tell that story would be it'd be criminal. It'd be a crim- yeah, yeah, it'd, be, right. it'd be criminal in itself. Yeah. Right. So I need to show that there's there's hope I, in this change. I think you're fantastic, Ashley. Yeah. The, the, the world needs more, Ashley. It, it really does yeah. because. And I know we were talking over a coffee earlier on be, before we started the podcast. Role models is really important for, yeah. for young people because yeah. we touched on a, a lot of the young people in Cleveland. They're 
for them, their role models are drug dealers, yeah. are, are criminals, and this, that, and the other. And that's that's what you said and you saw. Um, when people come to the Moses Project, then Brian, what what are you looking for in them when they come to you? Just someone who is a, 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 a come to the end, really, and just abs absolutely fed up with the life. Well, like I was actually. Um, the only way out is just to, um, to uh, take an overdose, you know, as I did several times. Didn't work, I'm pleased to say, but, uh, yeah. But um, just someone who is ready to, to change and ready to right, right at the end of their uh, sort of tether, really, you know, uh, fed up with the life that they're leading, doesn't see a way out. We can show them that there is a, a way out. And that's why it was important. I know Ashley mentioned about going to the kitchen to wash the pots. It's great that he wanted to go and wash the pots. But it's more important that he's, he's on that front line. He's there. Let the lads see that if he can change, they can change as well. The pots can wait. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you think, so you've both talked a lot about faith, but I know yeah. you said, Brian, it's not, it's not all about faith. Do you think, that, do you think that puts some people off from, from seeking help as well? Particularly in the early days, they thought was all we wanted to do when they come in is get the Bible, sit them down and push the Bible down, down the throats. That's the last thing that we do. We never, ever, ever yeah. do that, you know. To us, it's just uh, God's, God's love in action. That, that's it. It's as simple as that. You don't take everybody at the Mosey Project, though. I mean, we'll, t we'll touch on two things. So firstly, you, you talk about the lads all the time. You, you don't take we, females in the Mosey no, Project, do No, no, we, we don't. We only take males over, over the age of, of, of a 25. The reason for that is, going back to the 10 years I was out on, on the streets, and I, I don't think I mentioned that, the coffee was stopped after 18 months, but by that time, through lack of funding, lack of support, but by that time, we'd got the bug, and uh, we just carried on working through Stockton, Stockton High Street. We were helping anyone, males and, and female, and we came across lots of males without any support. Time and time again, we came and we found them. The High Street, Stockton High Street, was a different place in those days. There was some, there was curries and other big shops in High Street, and at the back of them, with skips full of cardboard. We used to find men sleep in those those cardboard skips and men in, in shop doorways and had no help, no support. We found there was plenty of support for help for females, particularly if the females had any, any children. Uh, we found there was loads of help then. And um, so we slowly started to work more and more with, with men and that's how we started working with men. Now, to work with the two, two groups uh, together in 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 one building or or in one room is very very difficult. Um, you you put the girls in the room with the, with the lads and the the lads are like uh, the chest comes out and you know and all peacocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't get you don't see the real person, the real him. You know, yeah. it's all trying to impress the girls and this and the other. So it just doesn't work really. Um, and their main aim is to get off with uh, one one of the girls rather than talk to us about the yeah. lives. You know. And and yeah. I do say, and I've I've, I've seen different. Uh, yeah. Guy I went to school with does a, a a walk and talk mental health support group, right? Um, yeah. For men, and and he's very much of the mind that guys open up to other guys yeah. in, in that environment yeah. in a way that they wouldn't do if there was females present yeah. and things that like that. That's correct so. as well. Yeah, different trips out, going off to Saltburn with them for a game of crazy golf, going out on the walk and talk project every Monday we do with them. That's when the guys tend to open up and they really talk to you. Yeah. All this stuff that's in them, inside them, all this stuff they've had buried for years, it starts to come out. And then you know just what you're, you're dealing with. We don't, 
Um, we don't class to be the uh, sort of experts at all, but we know who the experts are. And when we know what the root cause is, we can start to bring the experts in, you know. Yeah. So, so you, you deal with homeless men and, and, yeah. and addicts and yeah. this and the other. So yeah. an addict comes to you, yeah. right, and, and wants your support and, yeah. and he's willing to help. Yeah. What do you do for them? Right, well, uh, the, the first thing we do is to sit him down and have a, have a good good chat with him, see see what he wants, devise a plan where he wants to go. And rehab doesn't suit uh, everybody. It's not uh, for, for uh, every, every person. It depends on their, uh, their circumstances, really. We talk about rehab. We go through the plans with them about rehab, discuss if, if they need a detox. Um, we can arrange a, a medical detox for them if that, if that, that is, is needed. But we can put counselling services around them as well. We can do that. We look at the housing, where they are housed at the moment. Have they got, got a decent place, place to live? They might be living in a hostel. Well, we'll look about trying to sort out a better place for them to live th- yeah. in that hostel. Housing is a main main issue at the moment in, in Stockton, particularly in people's lives, you know. Um, so there's all sorts of things. It depends on the person, really, but there's lots of different things that we can do. If people who are listening then, if... If they want to, if they want to support the Moses project, yeah. whether that's somebody that wants to get involved and, and can offer, whether it's some counselling or yeah. some support that way, or if somebody wants to donate or something like that, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, um, they just we are, it's a Moses project. If you if you Google us, it uh, comes up. We we have a, a website. Have a look at the the Moses project in Stockton that website. If you, if you look on that, all our details are there. We also have a just just giving page if anyone wants to give to just just to give in by all by, uh, uh, by all means. Yeah. If any business people are out there want to talk to us about support, um, by all means, uh, come and see us or just phone us. Great stuff, right, gentlemen? Thank you, amazing so Brian. I can't thank you enough for sharing what you shared with us and and yourself, Ashley. Um, You've been listening to me, Steve Turner, on my Coffee with the Commissioner podcast and Brian and Ashley from the Moses Project. And and I've been there myself and I've seen it in action. And I would actively, actively encourage anybody in the Stockton area or in the Cleveland area to take a look. If you can help, get involved because... Of all of the projects that that my office works with, this was one of the ones that struck me as being one of the most successful. And and Ashley sat here today mm. as a as a real success story. But he's not the only one. He's not the more. only one. We have a lot more Ashleys. There, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of Ashleys out there. So he won't have to take over the world on his own. <laughs> no. Is a thing. So we'll put the links in the comments. Please get in touch with the Mosey Project if you can help. Please do so. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. And hopefully we'll see you all again next month. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been good. I enjoyed it.